listening to Making Life Brighter on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, where we provide you with the latest information in natural healing, consciousness training, and all cutting-edge healing modalities, featuring experts in their field, including authors, musicians, and artists. Making Life Brighter is your forum for healing, inspiring, and uplifting entertainment. Here is your host, Winifred Adams. Are you going jolly out there today, everybody? Welcome to Making Life Brighter Radio, and I'm your host, Winifred Adams, and today we have special guest, Jeffrey Hazlett, and he is the chairman and founder of the C-Suite Network, and he's a special guest with us here today. He's the author of bestsellers, The Hero Factor, The Mirror Test. You know him from the Running the Gauntlet, and you know that book well. Think Big and Act Bigger is yet another one, and he has an incredible network. You see him on TV, you've seen him on network TV, you've seen him on the C-Suite Network, you've seen him on your airplane rides, and he's here with us today. And we have the pleasure of jumping inside his millionaire brain right here. Well, thanks very much for having me. I appreciate it. Appreciate having you with us today. I got to see him speak over in uh, L.A. at that chapter, and he actually owned the room when he got off the stage, and that's what people say about him. Inevitably, he stands up and he delivers, and he delivers in his own style, which is raw, to the point, and how he believes in it, simple and clear. Tell us where that came from. You know, raw, raw like a cowboy. In fact, most of my shows, I get I get bleeped on my own television show. <laughs> I get red marks for my uh, things. And my my wife, when I talked to her today, she says, "Use appropriate language, please." So <laughs> I'll do my best. You know, I I, I listen. I lived a, a life of hard knocks, but I, uh, in in I have an office in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and we have offices in New York, L.A., San Francisco, and so forth. And people say, "Why do you have an office in Sioux Falls?" I just wrote because we can. And I put that on. I said, "Put that." the frickin' website. So we put it on the website and that's what we do. And, it, and, and that's my philosophy is because you can. You can, you can live life uh, a number of different ways. You can live it sad, you can live it happy. You can live it rich, you can live it poor. Now some people say, well, you don't have a choice in that. Bullshit. You have a, you have a choice in that. You just decide that you're going to do, do things for certain reasons for in a certain way and that's what you're going to do. So that my life has always been like that. I'm going to do it because I can. It is a choice, and we live in America, the land of the free. Yep, that helps. You know, but even in other countries, I mean, why do why do people who come from uh, other countries poor come here and they make it rich? Well, because they can, right? Now I know that you can be limited in certain ways, and you know, and uh, by other factors in in other parts of the world. But at least when we're talking about here, you can do it because you can, and that's really the philosophy that that I live by. Where was your ancestry from? Uh, Ireland. We came in the United States in 1757. Was the first time my great 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 grandfather came, and then uh, his his brother came as well, and they served in the military, and then they started farming. Uh, unfortunately, my great 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 uncle passed in the in the Revolutionary War, but his brother, my grandfather, um, went on to go back down to Delaware. From Delaware, settled West Virginia, and then we moved it westward from there. And now you're taking the drive, the passion, the American dream forward, and you're including everyone else along with it. Yeah, but I mean, what else is there to do? <laughs> you can sit on your ass, I guess, but, you know, of course that's what you want to do. You want to you live and make, you should make the world a better place than what you entered it in, and you should have a life that's better than what you entered it in, and you should make a life better for your children your grandchildren, and, and for your community, and, and for the people that work with you. Uh, don't forget the people that work with you. I think it's important for them to have a better life, too. That's why I, I you know, I have a small business now, um, although I've run businesses with billions of dollars. 
I have a small business today, and I pay full benefits, full this, full that. We take care. Someone had to get, you know, got sick here recently, had to have an operation, and she's out for six weeks. Well, we'll take care of that. That's what you. That's what you should be doing. It's taking care of your own and taking care of your community and then oh. building the, the morale within the community. It has a lot to do with sort of a military background that you come from. I do come from. My father was in the military, and most of my relatives have all been in the military. At least every generation we've had somebody in the military. Unfortunately, I didn't have the, the ability to serve. But, uh, yeah, just, you know, it's just part of that background. Right? Well, you can serve America, and I think in a way you're doing that. You're also inspiring America, and you're inspiring people worldwide in business. You're asking those that are starting out in business to think bigger and all of your books the hero factor the mirror test running the gauntlet think big and act bigger have well, a theme act bigger is, a, is a, piece, a good piece of that because you can think big and i know a lot of people think big but they don't act bigger and the rewards go to those who are relentless a lot of people come up with ideas but ideas without implementation is nothing but air and I can't tell you, over and over and over, I, I talk to people who write books, I talk to people who do this, I talk to people who have this idea to start this business or this business, but then I talk to them six years later and they're still talking about it. You know, or six months later, well, get off your ass and get it done. You know, or, or, or quit talking to me about it. I hate that. I can't stand it. So, you know, that's just one of the Go things. do it. Go do it. If you're going to do it, yeah. do it. If it's your passion, go do it. But you, you need more than just passion. Okay, right. uh, you need a well, lot you, more than just passion in order to be successful. You've put yourself out far and wide, and you've made some very s- smart moves along the way in well, your a career. A lot of stupid ones too. Are you kidding me? <laughs> are you, I mean, usually everybody asks me, "What's the biggest mistake you've ever made?" I said, "I don't know. I haven't made it yet." Meaning, <laughs> I've done a lot. You're going to fail. Let's be clear. Right. I mean, if you now, I don't, I don't uh, celebrate my failures. I got some. I got some doozies. Let me tell you, some wowzers. I mean, there's some big ones that I've done in failures. But um, you know, because Right now, there's this big thing in Silicon Valley about, oh, I'm a, I, I failed four times or whatever. Like, just shut up. Who cares? How many times you win? Get let's, up again. Let's win. Yeah. It isn't about failing fast. It's about winning fast. Ever, you're going to fail. Let's be clear. You are going to fail. You're going to fail multiple times, especially if you're pushing the envelope, if you're causing tension, that, which is what you should do as a leader. And in doing so, okay, big deal. But win fast. Win fast is the real thing. It sucks to lose. Yeah, it's not fun to trip on the playing field, but That's you know, okay, but no one died. So what if you did? You tripped on the face. You tripped. You fell flat in your face. By the way, last night I'm getting out of the cab, and and the cab driver, the way he raised the the back thing, I hit my head on it. Man, that hurt. I, I swore a few times, but you know, big deal. I didn't die. Yeah, you know, and you get on with it. The guy thought I was going to sue him or something. I said, "Dude, I hit my head. Relax, okay, and chill." Well, that speaks to an environment in our country right now where everybody has a say, but they sit home behind their computer and, and have their say. How about those that are out there doing it? Sounds oh, like, uh, hey, listen, you want to say something? Come on, you can say anything you want. If you can't be, a, by the way, to be a thought leader, you have to have a lot of haters. I mean, that's part of it. You, you, that's okay. I don't. People can sit behind their computers and say all they want. It doesn't mean I have to listen to them. Is you know, I, I was at a, a celebrity event not too long ago talking about how they can monetize their brands and personality because that's in essence what a large part of what we've done with uh, our network and the C-suite network for a lot of people and I've been known to be one of the very first executives who's monetized their brand you know become a what they call a global business celebrity and and someone said Jeff what what, what about those little voices in your head that tell you you're not going to make it. You're not going to do it. You know, or or that criticize you, or say you're fat, or you're whatever it is. I said, man, I stopped listening to those voices a long time ago, and that's what you have to do. You have to shut that crap out. I mean, and so what? So what if somebody says something I suck? I, I like. Let me give you a good example. Uh, one of my books, I actually had somebody review it on Amazon. 
And I mean, they panned it, said it sucked, it was terrible. By the way, I'd already sold like 100,000 copies of the book, so the average business book sells two, you know, 2,500 in its lifetime, so shut up, okay? <laughs> and this guy panned the book, said all kinds of negative things, so I thought, oh, well, what's the deal with that? Well, I said, this, this book is really good. It's my best book so far. And then so I went and looked and said, what else does this guy review? Vacuum cleaners. <laughs> so literally, that guy sucks. That's what I said. That guy sucks. So, I mean, that, I mean this drives me nuts sometimes. So I stopped. I stop. I stop reading them. It's like like, like speech reviews. Yeah. You know, a lot of times they say, "Hey, would you like to have the the feedback from the?" No, you gave me a standing ovation. Why do I need a speech speech review? Uh, you paid me. I did my job. Everybody loved it. They clapped. No one walked out. No one threw anything at the stage. I don't need a review. Well, it worked. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> so, what did you take away from being on the Celebrity Apprentice? Uh, what did you learn there? That Donald Trump first became a friend of mine. Although, let's be clear, I think he's batshit crazy. But but I, I learned. Well, I tell you what, I really learned. I'm, I, by the way, I learned about a lot about him and how he handles himself, the way he handles himself, all those kind of things. I'm, but more than that, um, I learned about how to run a show and how to do it in a very efficient manner, which then led me to do my own shows and then led me to found a network. And, and now we have 70 television shows on C-Suite TV. And so how to gang shoot, how to produce, yeah, I learned a lot. And, 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 I, and I credit uh, Mark Burnett, I credit Aaron, uh, one of the producers. Uh, I really love our Paige, and Aaron and Paige, uh, and Paige especially. And then David Eilenberg, who did things, now he's president of a television network. And uh, Sadhu Kim, who's one of my dear friends. And, um, and just, I mean, I learned a lot. And that was pretty, that was pretty cool. And then I, we went on to do some, you know, pilots together and some other things. And then I, I said, geez, I know how to do this. They taught me how to do it. So I, I, I created my own show and put it on Bloomberg. Are you ever in doubt? Oh, all the time. Yeah. But yeah, yeah push through it. So What's your what? biggest fear? Uh, hmm, <laughs> that my wife will get mad at me. That, that's my biggest fear, okay? That's my, she's five foot one, 105 pounds, but she can kick my ass and just by looking at me. Got it. So yeah, that, that I would be a failure to my children or my grandchildren or my family. That's all that. In the, I'm going to get all teary that you make me cry. But that, that's really, that's all that counts. That's outside, the heart. That's, but, that's the reality of yeah, life. That's, well, that's life. I mean, that's it. Outside of that, what really does it matter? I, you know, I, I appreciate what you might think and others might think, but, you know, in the end, I really care about what they think because in the end, you're not going to be sitting around me when I pass away. So, um, but the other ones, some, hopefully all those will. <laughs> I hope, I hope all those will. But, but no, it, it, I, that's, that's one of the things I fear is I can't get it all done and I, I can't get it all done by the time I'm ready to go. What would you like to see the C-Suite Network do over the next year? I want to create the most trusted, vetted network. That's what I want to do. I want to create the most trusted, vetted network that people say, oh, you're in that. And that, oh. And I want people to walk in and be able to take the armor off the door and have great, authentic conversations. And, and that, by the way, that's what I find typically in business. And what I just want to keep, continue, but there are a lot of people out there who are preaching this and preaching that, and they're, it's bullshit. It's not real. And, um, you know. It's like, Preach by experience, right? Yeah, exactly. I love these 19-year-old life coaches. 19-year-old life coach. You're not a life coach. You're a teen coach. Get out of here. You know, it's like, you know, that's, that might, that's my point, is that people are saying how to, how to, how to make a million dollars from speaking, and you're learning from a person who's never made a million dollars a year in speaking. Um, how to run, how to run a, a billion-dollar company, and you've never worked for a billion-dollar company. 
There's an issue there. Now, I do believe that you can add zeros and if you do the same things, but let me tell you what. You run in a billion-dollar company and you sign a document that says if what you, doesn't, you, you don't put in down in the right way, you can go to jail for it because it's Sarbanes-Oxley or you're getting sued all the time or people are trying to kidnap you when you go to certain countries and, or trying to kill you because of you're a leader of that company uh, who stalk you and your family. I mean, these are the things that occur when you start taking on responsibilities at that level. Um, yeah, it's not the same. Yeah, so... Not the same. Let's go back to not Coach. to mention all the good things you can do too. I mean, right. you know, look, I've had to I've had to physically lay off eighty five hundred people. Worst day of my life, and um, you know things like that. And and yeah, have you done that before? Have you worked for a company like that? And so there's some there's some difficult things I think you have to take a look at. And and, and I want to have a group of people that you trust people. You just trust them when you walk in the room. That's so nice. I have that on my Facebook page right now. If we don't trust people going forward, it's going to be the number one problem we have in life. Yeah, and trust has you know trust has three compa- three compartments or components to it. One is sincerity, which I think is the most important one. Is uh, I'll grant you sincerity that you say who you are, but now I'm going to check to see if you're reliable and competent. And those are the other two pieces because you can be reliable and not competent, meaning every time you do it, you screw it up. Right. You know, you right. can be competent but not reliable. So you know, so I, but sincerity is a pretty big thing of trust, and so you know you got to have sincerity as part of that measure. And so that's so when we're building a trusted network, these are the, the things that you have to make sure so that when the people are, they are they, that they're truthful, they have values, that they're certain, that they operate with a certain operating system that says you know you're a human being and I will treat you like this and I will treat your business like this and then then the next level is that, that they're reliable that they you know they pay their bills on time they do the right kinds of things and and they're competent in terms of leaders love it love it now when you were at Kodak that was a little ways back and yeah uh, 10 years ago yeah years ago. something like that what did you see as the failure of that company well I, it was a <laughs> mood Really? Mood, one, mood was one of the biggest things. Look, they invented the digital camera. They, they and, and the other, the other was uh, uh, Collins writes about this, and uh, the, one of them was hubris. Hubris of their success. So they got to a story. Some of, sometimes we get a story about ourselves, like I'm fat, I'm ugly, I'm this, I'm that, or companies do the same thing. That this is where we're, we're a film company. They were never a film company. No. They were about make, manage, and move image and information. They were about emotional technology. That's what they were about. And they invented digital, but they were so rooted in film, they had the hubris of that. They wouldn't let them move forward. Big mistake. Big mistake. They could have owned the market. Without question, they own. And by the way, they really did because behind the scenes, they were licensed to everybody. They just didn't take credit for it. Like the camera you're holding in your hand, the phone you're holding in your hand, the Apple phone. Those are all Kodak. That's all the technology inside of every one of those phones. And nice. and that's all stuff that originated at Kodak. But yet they forgot who they were. And then they got stuck in the story. And by getting stuck in the story, their mood went down. And so by the time I got there, I said, Jeff, Jeff, make it like it used to be. I can't make it like it used to be. I, I don't, I'm not like I'm, I'm, I'm 50 some years old I'm not 20 anymore I look better you know I'm better right? that, isn't that, but that, you, you see the difference in the philosophy and the mood and if you if you say you know make me like I used to be you can't you can't freaking do that so so why not step in so mood can kill a company more than anything more than more than strategy and even more than culture because Kodak had a great culture but the mood was so bad you know and if you if you think you can't be as good as you once were, 
you never will. That's right. That's, that goes back to an Olympic athlete in the series we did here on Making Life Brighter Radio with Olympic athletes. One thing they said in common, you never let that thinking get in the way. You, you get stand up and you voice. keep going. Yeah. Rechange re the voice. Rechange the stories. I mean, right. and, you know, and Kodak, I just heard an employee here speaking, one of the executives speaking the other day, and actually said, said um, the same story that I heard 10 years ago. And they're saying it's happening again today. Like, it was about how many visits to their website. No, they're not. We need a different story. Change yes. the narrative, right? Yeah, change the story. Get the story. Well, not just change it. Live the story. Right. A brand is nothing but a promise delivered. Deliver the promise. Love don't, it. Don't make it look pretty. Love it. it. Jeffrey Hazlett, C-Suite Network. Where can they find you again? C-SuiteNetwork.com. So anything with C-Suite, C-Suite TV, C-Suite Radio, C-Suite Book Club, C-Suite Network Advisors, I could go on. We have over 150 different pieces of IP. Um, so if you find about C-Suite and you want to come to a trusted network, please give me a call. What makes your life brighter? Oh, day every living. Are you kidding me? Being above ground, man. Being above ground makes it makes every day. And then bacon and scotch. Probably not, but, and I'm not sure which order. Those 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 are pretty much, if, if I have those things, I'm pretty good. And a tra tractor or a horse, too. I love those. Life is okay. Very good. Thank you so much for being with us today. And uh, we invite you all to check out the archives at makinglifebrighter.com. You can go to the radio page and you can find the archives there. Share, 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 and we'll see you right here on Making Life Brighter Radio. Stay tuned. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you feel that you aren't at your best when it comes to your personal health? Even if your doctor gives you a clean bill of health and says everything is in working order, perhaps you aren't feeling at the top of your game. Dr. Rebecca Risk overcame pain and fatigue despite all tests to the contrary. Learn how she put her health back on track and how you can too on Falling Through the Cracks. Live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Welcome back to Making Life Brighter with Winifred Adams on the Voice America Health & Wellness Channel. The preferred choice for conscious education and entertainment. For more information, please visit us at makinglifebrighter.com. If you have questions or comments, please email us at radio at makinglifebrighter.com. That's radio at makinglifebrighter.com. And now, back to the show with your host, Winifred Adams. Hey, everybody. I hope you're going jolly today. And we're back. And we have special guest, Mark Anthony, the psychic lawyer. And he is the psychic explorer, a.k.a. psychic attorney and psychic adventurer. He is a fourth-generation science-based evidential psychic medium who communicates with spirits, and he's also the author of Never Letting Go and in his latest book, Evidence of Eternity. And he has been all over media. He's on a current tour right now bringing his gifts to audiences all over. And Mark is a recurring guest on ABC. You've seen, seen him on CBS, NBC, Fox Television, all major talk shows. He's been on Coast to Coast AM. He's been on Sirius XM. And he has just been across the board. Hollywood Times, the Huffington Post, New York Post, everywhere. 
And if you don't know about him, you're going to get a treat today because he is here with us. And ironically, his very own literary agent is the same as Jeffrey Hazlitt's. How about that? And wasn't Jeffrey amazing? He is an incredible guy and he's a powerhouse out there making waves in the business world and changing opportunity for entrepreneurs everywhere. But without further ado, let's bring in Mark Anthony, the psychic lawyer. Mark, thank you and welcome. Thank you for coming. Thank you, Win- Oh, thank you, Winifred. It's so great being here on Making Life Brighter. It's, it's it's an honor. And to all the listeners, thank you for tuning in. Yeah. So you share the same literary agent. Let's talk about that for a minute. How fun is that? It's a kind of a random fact. <laughs> well, Jeff- um, yeah. I mean, what happens is I think... Um, What's that old adage? Birds of a feather flock together, and uh, you know Jeffrey brings uh, a lot to the table, and and I, I hope, in, in my own way, I do as well. Because you know we were, we were speaking uh, before we went on, Winifred, about you know what you do and what I do, all comes down to healing and energy. You know, yeah, absolutely. Energy. Yes, it, healing and healing yes. is dependent upon energy and. And right now, in a world that's engulfed in panic over this uh, coronavirus, I think it's very important for us to, to you know, let people know that cooler heads will prevail, common sense, be smart, be safe, practice good hygiene habits, and you know, we're going to get through this. I love that. And so we're going to get into maybe a message direct at some point, but let's let's have people understand your background because when you say psychic lawyer, now you're author, you are psychic medium, and you're a generational psychic medium. But how did you get into this from being a lawyer? How did that transition for you? You went to Oxford and then you studied. You can practice law in different states here in the U.S. What was the turning point for you? Well, it's actually the other way around is how did I get into law from being a medium, um, actually, because I was born this way. Both of my parents have uh, had these abilities. They both transitioned. And this appears to be a genetic trait that runs in, in both sides of the family, which is very unusual for, for two mediums uh, in my parents' generation to not only have met but um, to, to right. have yeah. gotten married. And it's funny because uh, my parents always talk about when they met, they looked at each other and they just sort of knew this was it. <laughs> and, I, I, you, know, it, you know, maybe it was that proverbial love at first sight, but my mom said, you know, they met at a dance and, and, you know, my dad had just gotten out of the Navy, so he's strutting around like a peacock on parade. And he saw my mom and she was in the fashion industry and he's like, wow. And, uh, and so they started talking and they... Uh, couple of dates, and, and then she said, there's something about me you have to know, and my dad goes, oh, good Lord, there's something about me you have to know, and <laughs> so they both had the ability to perceive spirits, and and the funny thing is, I'm, I'm the youngest of three. I wasn't planned. Okay, I was a surprise baby. I came along, you know, when they were a bit older, and so I pop out into the world, and, and then around three years old, Winifred, I start talking to my invisible friends, and Spirits, and the thing is, mom and dad could see these spirits too. And how uh, lucky I, you I, were! I, how lucky that you weren't in a family that didn't believe you. <laughs> well, I'm yeah, really... um, absolutely. And I remember mom was like, "He's got it," and dad's like, "Oh, he's got it," um, <laughs> because because you know, for my dad, 
his family was a very conservative, uh, uh, white Anglo-Saxon Protestant family from Pennsylvania. In fact, his grandfather was a Baptist minister. My mother's family had uh, emigrated from Italy. And so the, in their Italian uh, culture and their Catholic faith, they looked at this as, as what they called the gift of second sight. In fact, Winifred, my maternal great-grandmother, her name was Giovanna, she was actually, uh, there was a PBS special. It was a couple years ago. I think it was either 2015 or 16. It was called The Italian Americans. It was a two-night special on PBS. They did an entire segment on my great-grandmother, Giovanna, and there was even a reference to her mystical and spiritual abilities. So um, I thought that that's was, a, I remember you know, hearing about that, and the whole family's tuned in, and we're all like, oh, my God, you know. So it was, it was very fascinating to, uh, to uh, have that shared with the world. And when did you know that you wanted to take this forward like you are now and actually help people? Or did, was that always your plan, and then you sort of segued into law? Because law seems like... I mean, we could use more people like you in law for sure, but law seems like a long stretch from what you're doing right now today, or is it? Well, the problem with the legal profession is it attracts aggressive um, and controlling personalities. And it's, it's, um, and with all due respect um, cause, you know, to, to my colleagues in the law, there's a most lawyers are good people, but the rotten apples tend to infect the barrel. And it, it all too often justice gets shoved aside in favor of who's got more leverage, who's got more money and power, and it's all about um, control and domination. So what happens is it's a very um, ego-driven field. And, and so, you know, and, and, and in order to succeed in that, you have to assert yourself. You can't be, can't be a, uh, a doormat in the legal profession. And mm-hmm. the thing, though, what people need to realize is that lawyers exist to help people because, you know, when clients, uh, I did criminal defense, personal injury, so if you'd been in an accident or, or injured or arrested, people would, would come to me. And think about it, Winifred. When you go to a lawyer, it's usually not because life is wonderful. It's because you're getting sued, you've been arrested, you've been injured, um, there's a dispute over money. I mean, sometimes you go for, for good things like adopting a child or creating, you know, your probate and, and uh, you know, getting your affairs in order. But people create their own problems, and then they hire lawyers to solve them. And we help people through the most difficult times of their life. As a medium, I help people cope with the pain and, um, of loss and the death of their loved ones by facilitating communication with people here and loved ones on the other side. Both jobs are about helping people. Both jobs are dependent upon evidence because as a lawyer, you certainly need evidence uh, to support and substantiate your case. As a psychic medium, I have to present evidence to verify the authenticity of the the communication. Um, And so... Being a psychic medium was always there. Um, I learned not to talk about it, particularly in in my younger years, because people didn't understand. As I got older, I realized it was part of my skill set, and I sort of kind of kept the lid on it. Um, But then things intensified, Winifred, after my mother passed. It's a very, very long story, but here's what what it came down to. I was very upset. 
you know, I mean, you know, I lost my mom. And sure. I was driving one day, and I felt that I needed to pull over, and I pulled over, and I was sitting in my car, and all of a sudden a flash of light went off inside of my head. And I looked into the passenger seat, and I saw the profile of my mother in the silver white light. It, like, flashed for a second. And then it, the message came to me. She said, Mark, you have been given the gift of mediumship so that you would not be crushed by grief, but now you must help those who are suffering with theirs. Beautiful. And, wow. Yeah. That's that's no little message from your mom from the other side. Like, get going, young man. <laughs> yeah, that, you know, it's funny because <laughs> right after that, everything in my life started happening to segue me out of the full-time practice of law into doing this. And the one thing that I've learned, Winifred, and I know that you feel this way too, is that essentially think of your life like a river. And it's very important to flow with it instead of trying to, you know, say that you're in a canoe and you're trying to paddle upstream against the current. Well, how long does that happen? Okay, mm-hmm. you get exhausted, you get tired, it wears you out. So then you have to learn to flow with it. And sometimes it's a nice scenic view and this beautiful still waters. Then sometimes there's rapids. And then there's the waterfalls, which we go right over. And waterfalls can be those, not can be, they are those devastating events in our lives, like losing a loved one, like uh, possibly losing your career, um, a terrible illness, maybe a major financial loss. And you have to learn to, to accept these things and flow with it, as opposed to trying to climb up the waterfall when millions of gallons of water are pounding upon you. And, and so I saw that in, in my own life, that this was where I needed to be. And apparently, yeah, I had something to say about it, but it seems like something much larger was directing me to this. It, it feels like that, doesn't it? I mean, it seems like you've been led down this journey, and now here you are taking it out into the world, which brings up your latest book, Evidence of Eternity. And that evidence that you spoke about both sides of the fence is the very premise which is around this new book and what you're taking to people to give them sort of a felt sense experience of this possibility. Tell us about your going out and meeting these people with your new book. How are they embracing it? What is it that you're, what's the main message that you're bringing forward to them in this tour? Well, the, the interesting thing about Evidence of Eternity is when I was, um, my first book, Never Letting Go, when I was on the Never Letting Go tour promoting the book, people began asking me very, very deep questions about uh, the ramifications of suicide, about reincarnation, is there a scientific basis for this, does God exist, does hell exist, Uh, you know, does heaven exist? So I started compiling um, these questions, and that was the springboard to, to lead me to write Evidence of Eternity. Because the point of it is to bridge the gap between the spiritual and the scientific and remove the fear and superstition associated with spirit communication. And, you know, I know that there's a lot of um, um, religious extremists, religious fanatics, if you will, who love to sit in judgment of other people and to sling quotes out of, you know, Deuteronomy and Leviticus and other passages throughout the Bible and, and you shouldn't do this and blah, blah, blah. 
um, although they seem to gloss over the many passages throughout the Bible which refer to gifts from God being in the form of prophecy and discernment of spirits, and, and let alone that uh, um, pretty much all the prophets in the Bible, including Jesus, all exhibit uh, what we now would refer to as psychic abilities. And so, you know, people, if, you know, if this makes you angry, then you really need to realize that you're not supposed to judge others because that's not your responsibility. And, but I also saw that people that had a, a deep faith um, wanted to know if there was any way to validate their belief systems. Then, as an attorney, you know, my dad was a NASA engineer and a Navy SEAL, so he sparked my interest in science, quantum physics, uh, deep space exploration, and I've always had an interest in archaeology, theology, um, philosophy, ancient history. And so, and then, and then being an attorney, that puts you in all the different disciplines, working with forensics and science and, and all these other um, disciplines. And those all melded together to help me uh, write evidence of eternity. Because it's important to realize that, number one, God exists, two, heaven exists, three, our souls and a mortal living spirit, fourth, we can communicate with spirits, and fifth, that we will be reunited with our loved ones in the light. And the light you can refer to as the spiritual energy of what you and I would call God. So do you believe that it ends in heaven or heaven is also, let's, let's take this to a, a more uh, quantum space, if you will, for the dialogue that's going on in the world today, is there other dimensional frequencies that lead to the light? Are there varying levels of those frequencies and light up there? I mean, different levels yeah, the, of heaven? What a great question, Winifred. Um, I love that. Actually, there's a chapter in Evidence of Eternity called Levels of the Other Side. <laughs> and... Think of, of our world as AM radio, and think of the other side as FM radio. And each one of those systems has different levels and frequencies, okay? And so when we engage, like you do, in energy healing and energy work, you're tuning into various stations. Um, as a medium, I'm tuning into various stations. So our AM radio material world uh, vibrates at a lower, slower frequency, the FM radio of the other side at a much higher frequency, but occasionally the frequencies can overlap. Ergo, spirit communication. But there, it's, it's actually much more complex than that because there's a whole, um, there's a, a very wide array of frequencies on the other side. And, you know, as much as, as having been raised Catholic, that, you know, as much as I may want heaven to look like, you know, a Michelangelo painting with the clouds and people drinking wine and playing harps and, and all that, um, it isn't that. There also isn't hell in the archetypal sense, um, you know, because the idea of a James Bond villain presiding over this negative realm and, you know, that's, you know, medieval uh, constructs uh, created to frighten people into adhering to various belief systems. But, there, now we know from string theory that there's not just a universe, but there's multiverses. And it all appears to be related to what we do 
because at some point we're going to leave this material world, we're going to the other side frequency, and at some point we may leave that frequency to do a quantum leap, if you will, to yet another dimension. So as opposed to going to this highest heaven and it looks like a Michelangelo painting, um, here you can sit on this cloud, um, we are pure energy, and energy is neither created nor destroyed, only transferred from one form to another, and dare I say, from one dimension to another. I love that. Now, do you believe in the central sun? Have you heard that? Um, explain what that is, because I think I know what you're talking about, but I, I, want, I would like you to give me a definition of that. Well, the source of the word, the source of all sound, the source of the central focal point of what is. Okay, that would be what I would refer to as the divine power you and I would call God, because I believe that, okay, oh boy, Sorry. <laughs> how long is this show? <laughs> yeah. No, 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 what it is, um, everything is composed of molecules, we know that, and we know that molecules are composed of atoms, which are composed of uh, protons, neutrons, and electrons. And we know that those are composed of yet a smaller particle known as quanta, and ergo the term quantum physics, so that everything on the most basic level is electromagnetic energy. That means you, me, the air we're breathing, the sun that we're seeing, the water we drink, the space between stars is all at the most fundamental level electromagnetic energy. And I believe that God is that so that there is this pervasive intelligence and connection that always was, always will be, um, is aware of everything, is everywhere and unified and connected. Although it 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 God to this this immense infinite inf, infinite energy has so m- many dimensions to it, but I do believe that there is an intelligence that pervades it. Now, a lot of people will say, well, you know, um, and I have people say, well, there's a picture of God in the Bible, and they flip it open, and there's, you know, a white man with a, a beard sitting on a throne smiting people, and it's like, uh, yeah, that's, that's, once again, an artist's conception to anthropomorphize the infinite. In other words, to make it relatable to human terms, it's easier for us to relate to God as a king, as a person. But the idea that God's this neurotic and insecure guy that has to smite people and is jealous of other gods and things, I'm sorry, but that's <laughs> well, the Well, on that note, we can take a quick break. Hold that thought. We'll be right back with more Mark Anthony, the psychic lawyer, right here on Making Life Brighter Radio. Stay tuned. We have so much more, including his take on what's happening in the world today with the coronavirus. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Healthcare has been a major part of news stories today with one thing that has been consistent. Inconsistency. Both healthcare providers and patients have to work around and get used to a constantly changing set of rules and issues. Nurses have historically been left out of this decision making. Listen to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. Health professionals, we invite you to share your ideas and experiences while listening to experts in various areas of nursing. Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness. 
When a woman is diagnosed with breast cancer, it's probably the most frightening thing that's ever happened to her. Friends and family often don't know what to do for support, not to mention the patient herself. That's where Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio comes in. Join Becky Olson, breast cancer survivor and advocate. She helps by providing inspiration, information, and most of all, hope. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. back to Making Life Brighter with Winifred Adams on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, the preferred choice for conscious education and entertainment. For more information, please visit us at makinglifebrighter.com. If you have questions or comments, please email us at radio at makinglifebrighter.com. That's radio at makinglifebrighter.com. And now, back to the show with your host, Winifred Adams. Hey everybody, thanks for listening today. Hey, you're listening to Making Life Brighter Radio, and I'm your host, Winifred Adams. And before we go back to speaking with Mark Anthony, the psychic lawyer, we're having a great conversation. I just want to touch on the coronavirus and something that you need to know. Next week, we're going to have a woman on that had the coronavirus, and she was healed with scalar light. And we're going to go into that in depth next week. But if you'd like to get a free trial of the scalar light technology that helped her or you want to pass this on to someone you know, I encourage that. You can go to www.scalarlight.net. Scalar and free scalar. Excuse me. www.freescalar.net. Freescalar.net. And you can pass that on to everybody for a 30-day free trial. And you will send in your picture. They'll apply scalar light energy to your picture. And it's meant to break up virus and pathogens in your body. And we'll get into that next week. So stay tuned. But that's for you to use and disseminate. You can go to Making Life Brighter on the Facebook page. And I have posted it there as well. And now we're going to jump right back in. We're having a fascinating conversation today with our guests, and we are speaking to Mark Anthony, the psychic lawyer. Welcome back. Thank you. And we were talking about your book, Evidence of Eternity, and we were talking about the various levels of energetics and frequencies. But could you share with us, do you have any spirits that speak to you now that you could share with us a message about what's happening in the world? Can you tune in? Well, it's if somebody, um, what it is, people tend to think my abilities like texting or instant messaging where I just dial up the other side. Um, the way it works with me, now sometimes that may happen, but the way it works with me is if somebody connected to a person that I'm talking to, which would be you, uh, decides to step forward, then that person is connected to other spirits that are connected to other spirits, so on and so forth, which is what I've termed the collective consciousness. And I, and I do explain that in, in Evidence of Eternity. But I am picking up on a male energy associated um, with you, Winifred. And it looks like it could be, when I say two clicks back, that would mean like two generations back. This feels like this could be a male associated with your mother's side of the family. So he could be a maternal grandfather um, or could be like a, um, a great uncle um, because he's on that generational level. And what I'm getting with him is the sense of confusion prior to his passing. Uh, 
Um, I'm also getting a lot of cigarette smoke. So he may have been a very heavy smoker or been around a lot of smoke, okay, maybe in a factory or something like that. Um, but the sense of confusion indicates to me that prior to passing, this could be either medications, but in his case, um, I'm feeling there were medications, but I'm also getting a sense of dementia. The other thing that I'm getting now is this um, um, droopy sensation and the sense of weakness running down the whole left side of my body. Yeah, he had like a stroke or something. That's exactly what I was about to say. That would be consistent with a right brain stroke, which would affect the left side of his body. So Mm -hmm. he's coming through and he says he feels fine. Um, I'll tell you what, when he was a young guy, because now he's morphed into this younger version of himself, he was kind of buffed, is what I'm getting. (laughs) He he was a dynamic fellow. Yeah, he had this big upper body thing, and he's kind of going around going, I'm fine, all right? So um, what does he want? He said that right now, clearly we're in a state of flux, and he said this is a shockwave being sent throughout this world to let everyone know how their petty squabbles and their divisiveness will lead to nothing but planetary ruin. He said, for the first time in what I'm almost getting is like ever, everyone realizes they're now all facing the same opponent. That's fascinating. You know, we're in this together. That's amazing. Yeah, we, we're in this together. And this is frightening everyone and realizing that they need to be, we, not they, but we need to be working as a unit. And... They said that this is not going to be a long-term threat. It will hit. It will hit hard, and then it will leave. Okay. Thank God. Interesting. Thank God. Interesting. Well, the problem, you know, and I want to thank him for coming through. Um, The problem is human beings tend to revert back into their self-centered ways once the threat has subsided. But this is getting everybody to take a double a double take at themselves. Okay, I, I love um, that. That's that's so important because really we're going so fast, kind of at the speed of light of not being able to handle it anymore. It's like a tipping point. How do you take hey, that? Um, in- I'm I'm sorry, Winifred. He's talking about you and uh, cats, like the creature a cat. Is there something oh, like yes. an issue with you? Like you, you love like or like cats? I am a f- freak about cats. I love cats and I speak to tigers and I've done music videos with tigers. I love cats. <laughs> I oh, speak cool, cats. cool, because he's shown you like with all these cats. Okay. Uh-huh. How interesting. Okay. Oh, kind of cool. Cats. And mm-hmm. um, what's with you and emeralds? Emeralds could also be the month of May, which could indicate births, deaths, anniversaries, or events connected to you or someone close to you within the month of May, unless there's a piece of jewelry with an emerald in it of significance to you. There is, and I made it myself. It's almost Egyptian-looking, and I took emeralds to surround the outside um, in a pyramid-type shape. And emeralds are of the heart, of course. And emeralds were one of the crystals that were brought and planted on the earth plane that helped people hold the frequency of divine healing, of real, true heart healing. So emerald speaks to that, which is why I focus on it when I'm making jewelry. Perfect. Okay, so when spirits communicate with me, once they give me a message of an explanatory advisory nature, and that was uh, what I, uh, your maternal grandfather's message was 
about what's going on with this coronavirus. And basically, hey, humanity, this is your wake-up call. Work together. Stop hating each other. Okay, well, of course, you know, we all know that. But then when they follow it up with objectively verifiable facts, that you like cats, number two, that emeralds are of significance to you and you created a piece of jewelry uh, with an emerald. What's fascinating is cats were sacred to the Egyptians. Uh, the <laughs> goddess Bastet uh, was, was um, a very important um, um, goddess in the Egyptian pantheon. In fact, what people, people always talk about dog being man's best friend, and of course, you know, who doesn't love dogs? But cats were actually domesticated much sooner than dogs were um, because cats preyed upon rodents, which humans found problematic. So having a couple of kitty cats around was not always seen as a bad thing. Yes, that's fascinating because I've I always loved Egyptian art and Egyptian things. And I think most of the jewelry I make speaks to that time frame. Of course, the healing and all that. My first piece I made was an Ankh, and Ankh was used as a tuning fork then for sound healing back in the day. People don't realize that, but it was a key to sound. So thank you for sharing that. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, and it's, it's always fun doing um, a reading for, for people who get things right away um, because I realize that sometimes when, when we're doing a reading on somebody, they... They're, first off, they're flustered, they're nervous, and sometimes they're not always able to make the connections. And that's why I tell people, if something comes through during a reading and it doesn't make sense right away, if you don't get it, don't sweat it, okay? After the reading, um, the messages begin to unfold, and as you reflect on it, they'll begin to make more sense. That's so neat. And so your tour is going on. We're going to miss you here in Burbank. Because of this virus, you have to postpone, and I'm so sorry for that. We were well, excited yes. to see you. But I'll, I will be in Burbank um, on um, May 9th, um, actually, because what happened is um, um, SAG Screen Actors Guild, AFTRA, American uh, Film, and um, uh, the, the Guild for that, plus a lot of other organizations in the L.A. area are canceling events. I mean, the NBA is, is just going to be filming their games as opposed to having people there. Even politicians are canceling rallies. And looking at um, studying what uh, the World Health Organization, the CDC, and the NIH, National Institute of Health, it appears that if we can believe what's coming out of China, you know, with all due respect to our brothers and sisters in China, sometimes their government isn't always as forthcoming as it should be, but it does appear that it peaks and then drops off. And it appears that right now it's peaking in Europe, and hopefully it'll drop off. So, you know, my, my team and I decided to move the event to Saturday, May 9th um, in Burbank. It'll be at the, actually the um, Airport Marriott in Burbank. If people want to find out about the 2020 Visionary Tour, please go to my website, evidenceofeternity.com. Kindly sign up for the newsletter. That'll keep you up to date because I've got other events throughout the country and uh, next month in uh, in April, uh, Winifred, oh, you cut uh, out a little bit there. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm honored to speak at Helping Parents Heal, their national conference in Charleston, South Carolina. And Helping Parents Heal is a wonderful organization. It's dedicated to helping people who've suffered the tragic loss of a child. And any loss of a child is is a terrible tragedy. And it doesn't matter if the 
the, the baby was in, in vitro or, I mean, uh, in utero or, or an adult, a parent losing a child is the most devastating loss of all. And I've been honored to, to give a keynote presentation on the healing power of interdimensional communication. In other words, the healing power of spirit communication. Um, so that's that is coming so up, uh, nice. Next, what a uh, wonderful that, way to use your gift. <laughs> So well, that's be... what it's for. Um, that's what it's for. And I have people say, well, why don't you get lottery numbers? It's like, well, if, you know, one of my grandparents or my parents want to pop by and give me the winning, you know, lottery numbers, um, I've certainly welcome that. But from a spiritual perspective, the other side couldn't care less about material wealth because that isn't, isn't what this is about. It's about healing. And it's about understanding that life is eternal and that the continuity of life survives physical death. Which is why your entire professional focus is helping people understand this side, which is moving from 3D dimensional reality to a 5D dimensional reality, and the other side, which is unconditional love and helping them realize that unconditional love. Absolutely. You, you have such a gift, you, and you're so lovely. I mean, everything about you, you're so at ease with what you do, and it, it comes through. You can feel it. So tell us when you'll be on the road again. I know people can sign up at evidenceofeternity.com. They can find your books online there. They can also find them in retailers. What is the next most... Um, What's the next visit that you're going to make in person with people given this virus? In Florida? Well, actually, here in Florida on um, March 28th in Indy Atlantic, Florida, which is uh, right next to Melbourne, Florida, I'm doing a spirit communication, an evening of spirit communication um, at a place called Aquarian Dreams, which is really, you would love it, Winifred. I mean, it's... I uh, would. It's, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's funny because... Um, Locals call it the Purple Palace. You drive by, and there's this big purple building, and it's just got the best uh, energy. And the and the, the the woman who runs it is really really lovely. And then in April is the Helping Parents Heal Conference, which runs from April 16th through the 19th, which is a Thursday through a Sunday. And I'll be doing light circle spirit communication events there, which are limited to 10 people, because that way I can make sure everybody gets a connection. And then I'm giving um, my presentation on Saturday the 18th. And then in May, I will be in uh, Burbank, Hollywood on May 9th for an evening of spirit communication. And then the following week on the 13th, um, the IANS, International Association of Near-Death Studies um, Regional Group in Santa Barbara, has invited me to present an evening of spirit communication. So I'll be... In California, basically from um, the 7th through the uh, 17th of May, and, um, and then there's, there's additional dates as well. I mean, great, in, great. Well, we'll yeah. we are so, so looking forward to meeting you in person. Appreciate you coming today. I ask everybody, what makes your life brighter? What makes my life brighter is when I feel that I've done something for somebody else that has made them smile or at least taken a drop of pain away from what they're enduring. 
Thank you. Mark Anthony, psychic lawyer, evidenceofeternity.com. Thank you so much for coming. We'll see you guys next week. We're going to talk coronavirus from the inside out of science. Go jolly, everybody. Thank you for listening to Making Life Brighter on the Health and Wellness Channel. Be sure to join us every Thursday at 10 a.m. for information, inspiration, and education with leading experts in healing and consciousness. For more information and a complete show schedule, please visit us at makinglifebrighter.com. Making Life Brighter, successfully helping you feel better from the inside out. Go Jolly! This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.